Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town. Chicago, Chicago, I will show you around. Is there anything going on in the pinball world this week? Oh, that's right. Pinball Expo 2018 in Chicago. Always an exciting time of year when we get to see new pinball machines for the first time ever. On this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, we are going to give my impressions and my feelings on Oktoberfest. We finally get to see it. And also my thoughts on Monster Bash Remake and also talk about some of the other new things that have happened in the pinball hobby during this week. Because we know that no matter where you are in the pinball manufacturing world, there always seems to be some sort of happenings that occur within each company around Expo. So let's get right to it, Oktoberfest. All right, this has been a theme that you know I have been panning on this show for the longest time, right? I harp on the fact that marketing matters and themes really, really matter. And if you make Oktoberfest American Pinball, remember what I'd say? I was like, you guys are are heading for obsolescence and bankruptcy if you make this your second title. So how do I feel now after seeing Oktoberfest for the first time? Well, I'm going to go through the good and the bad on the game. And, and, and I'm going to share my opinions about the game from what I saw yesterday. And it's a little bit of a mixed bag. And I think I'm going to give a pretty fair assessment of this title and how I think it will do. Okay. And again, this is my opinion. And the one thing I haven't done before we get going, I haven't played it, which as we all know, is the most important thing when it comes to pinball. Have you played it? And do you like it? Okay. All I can do is go off of what I've seen and what others are saying to me. All right, let's do it this way. Let's talk first about how they launched the game. And I want to give American Pinball about like an A to an A plus on how they launched this game. And here's why. Even though some dingbats scooped them a little bit on Pinside, they did it right. And by that, I mean they had their seminar at 8.30 at Expo. And immediately after the seminar, right, they pulled the curtain off the game. They had Jack Danger doing an hour and a half uh, video of flipping the game for the first time. And I thought that was really awesome that we went right from uh, reveal to gameplay in the right way, right, with HD footage, with Jack's camera on Twitch so you could see from anywhere in the world. I thought that was incredible. It was also great that they had other pinball content ready to go so right when they were like revealing the game uh, we got a straight down the middle interview with josh kugler it was about eight minutes long incredible interview by zach and and i loved it it was very highly uh, produced uh, and it explained the game i mean what a novel concept to have high definition video of your game explaining the way the game works when you reveal it. So I thought that was terrific. There was also an hour interview with Josh Kugler and head-to-head pinball that was already in the can. Uh, that that was great. That went live pretty immediately after the reveal. Um, you know, This Week in Pinball put up a big story about it as well. You know, so Jeff over there did a great story talking about all the things going on in the game. So what 
that's a great way to do it, right? And they also had high-res images and HD video uh, around the game. So everything we saw uh, when we first saw it was in living color. It looked great. It sounded great. And it was the right way to reveal a game. And I think they deserve to be applauded for launching the game the right way. So, gentlemen, good Good job. Now, there's only one thing they need to do next time, and this irks me whenever this happens. If Jack Danger is going to flip your game for the first time ever in front of, you know, a few thousand people watching all around the world, please, American Pinball, make sure you have someone from your team standing next to Jack to answer his questions. It was so silly. It's like, Everyone kept asking about stuff in the game. How do you do this? How do you lower the ramp? How much is it going to cost? When is it going to ship? This, this, this. And nobody was there to help answer his questions. And he, Jack is always like turning around, like asking these questions in, into the air. And there was nobody to help answer his questions. So next time, whenever you have Jack Danger flipping your machine, you need to treat him like a VIP media person and you need to make sure that you have someone on the American Pinball team or the Stern team or the Jersey Jack team. You need to have someone standing next to Jack so that he knows not just how to play your game but how to answer the questions of people that are watching. All right? All right. So let's dive right in. Let's talk about design first because I think the first thing that excites us is what is like the layout of a pinball game, right? How is the design of this game? And I have to say, uh, I really got excited when I saw the design of this game, right? I, I, I think the game itself has a lot of fun stuff happening it when happening when you're just standing over and looking down at the game. And on some level, on some level, a pinball machine should just look really fun to shoot before you've ever even shot it. And I think the design is, is really, really neat and interesting. And, and, you know, the stuff that pops out, the, you know, the ramps, the habit trails, that, that big roller coaster habit trail that goes, you know, all the way from the left ramp around and then, you know, swirls down and zigzags and all that stuff. Very, very cool to see those wire form um, ramps uh, in, in that shape, right? Very, like, non-traditional. And, you know, you got the big keg, you got the big auto face, uh, you've got, uh, like, all this color popping out at you, but we're going to talk about art later. But from a design standpoint, what I was happy to see is that none of the shots looked tight and frustrating like Houdini, all right? None of them. So it seems like this is going to be a much more rewarding game to shoot than Houdini, which is good. Um, when you think about this game and you look at the sheer amount of stuff that's in this game, I mean, I want to go down the list of everything that they've put into Oktoberfest because it's really impressive. And you know me, I bitch all the time about the lack of mechanisms and toys and things inside Stern games, right? I usually complain about Stern when I'm talking about that stuff. This game has a lot in it. I'm going to read what they say on their, their gameplay features. It has multiple wireform ramps, including the awesome corkscrew roller coaster, twin loops and zigzag, a roller coaster uh, shack and beer barrel, um, three ball lock mechanisms, 
RGB lighting for both feature inserts and general playfield illumination, auto the bartender interactive target and ball lock assembly, three flippers, three bumper car pop bumpers, three slingshots, four magnets, two of which are player controlled via magnab, cabinet button, ramp that raises and lowers. All right, look, that's a lot. That is a lot that they put into this game. And if you compare that that feature matrix next to like Deadpool, for example, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's kind of comical, right? How much more is in this game? But again, we're going to talk at the end of this. What makes pinball great and makes you want to buy it is the sum of the parts of a pinball machine. But from a design standpoint and what they put in this game, you have to give American Pinball credit for jamming a lot of fun stuff into this game and for being creative. And that's the other thing too. What I give Joe Balser credit for and the team in American Pinball is when I look down at this game, it doesn't remind me of any other game that I've seen out in the wild. It doesn't feel like, it, you know, what I like about what Joe does is his designs, they do feel like pretty much radically different than the one before. Like there's nothing really that feels similar to anything that was on Houdini um, from a design standpoint, all right? There's a mech I'm going to talk about in a minute that is, is a complete um, carryover from Houdini. Uh, you can probably guess which one it is, all right? Okay, so kudos to them on that, right? Kudos. Um, some of the things that I just, like, if I were to give a little bit of advice, uh, auto, the, you know, auto, the, the big German dude, you know, that's that's sitting above like the Houdini stage door. They re that's the part that they recycled. You bash him, um, and they literally just moved over the Houdini theater as that bash item. But that's okay too. You know, I saw some people complaining about that. And at the end of the day, if American Pinball has these mechanisms and it's a fun mech, I'm, I'm not going to fault them for reusing it in this way because it's a fun thing. It's a bash door that opens up and captures the balls. Like, so cool. I, I'd much rather them reuse a really fun toy like that or mech like that than just, you know, constantly recycle the same ramps and whatnot and, and, and always have the same sort of stuff in every game, right? So, all right. So there's that, that advice I'd give is that auto... Otto, his face, his 3D sculpted face, this kind of annoys me. It doesn't look like the Otto that's on the cabinet and the back glass. You know, we're, 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 it doesn't look <laughs> close enough to him. So I hope they can get that sculpt to be a little bit looking more like Otto, all right? All right, let's see what else. Um, the roller coaster is really, really cool. So uh, it, I love the way the, the ramp lowers down. I love the way that you have to light the Oktoberfest uh, targets to lower the ramp, and then that's where you lock three balls, and then the roller coaster uh, takes off, and the three balls are, are sent down the fun wire forms. I, I think that's really, really cool. What I like about it, too, I like the fact that that roller coaster is there. It's in plain sight, but you, you, you don't get to enjoy the fun of the roller coaster right away. I love the fact that you have to accomplish something to then ride the coaster. And I, and I think that was a really, really smart move. You know, I've complained before about the upper playfield in Pirates of the Caribbean, how I think it's silly that it's just immediately accessible. It's a fun area of the, of the game, but by making it immediately accessible, I feel like it, it took away the reward that would have happened 
if you had something like this where you, you know you had to like do something to unlock the ability to get on board that ship in Pirates of the Caribbean. So very, very unique, interesting design. I think everyone is excited by the design of the game. All right, now, now we start to get to like where people are starting to nitpick. And this is also something that I'm going to just have to nitpick at. Because the other thing you see, we, we, our eyes see two things when we see a pinball machine for the first time. We see the layout and we see the art. And it's impossible to see one without the other because there is a complete synergy between the two. One is on top of the other, right? Okay, so when I first saw this game, I was like my I almost like was like what whoa I was like it was like overload of colors of 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 imagery of shapes of inserts of art of art styles you know it it was a lot like a lot to process like I didn't know where to look at first um it was very very busy very very cluttered feeling artwork and there's just almost too much you know I I think this hobby is now going uh, overboard with the artwork on the games. And, and I think a lot of uh, the desire to show detail and, 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 and let your artist go crazy and to make you know, things plentiful and colorful and have you know, details all over a play field has really overcrowded the play field. And when you go too much on art, I think it's just as bad as, as being too little. I do. And I think there's a very middle ground when there's just enough art because to me art should not it should not drown the inserts. And when I look at this game and I look down at the art and I, I just feel like all those inserts that are in the middle of the playfield, right? All the tents, all the fonts, all the different like you've got all these tents. I don't know how many, there's like twelve or something tents or fourteen tents, right? They've all got a fun uh, sort of image next to the tent with font and, you know, they light up. And it's like they're lost in this like sea of overly detailed green grass. And it's just hard. It's hard because everything also just feels flat. Like the fonts and the text have no shadowing on them. So it's like they don't really stand out. And when you've got everything just laid flat all over the place... Uh, it gets really crowded looking. And I think they could fix that. And I do. I think they could fix it by probably toning down the amount of detail on that grass. I think if it were just even more like a simpler green with less stuff going everywhere. Like, you know, it's like it's it's too many lines in the grass. Like they need to like remove some of that line work. And I think it it would make the inserts pop a lot more. Will they do that? Do they have time to do that? I don't know, right? That's the big question. Um, it felt to me when I'm seeing like all these little characters and everything, it and and correct me if you think I'm wrong at CanadaPinball at gmail.com. But when I look at the game, it felt a little bit like I was looking at a Where's Waldo book. You know, Where's Waldo? All the little figures, all the little things going on everywhere. It's like I'm, I'm. It's like I was searching the the Oktoberfest playfield to find little Waldo somewhere, and you know, it just has that kind of clutter that I think uh, would be better off if they simplified it a little bit, right? Um, all right, what else did I? I took notes on on what, what I um, wanted to talk about. So, the 
Okay, so the eye doesn't know what to look at. I think that's another thing too, right? There's too many different styles of art happening in the game too. And this is something that is really, really, um, you know, really just, uh, it, it's just, it, it just reeks that these guys need better art direction. And, and I think we're going to see this also when we talk about the, the animations and the display. But on the play field art, you, you have like competing styles of art, right? You've got your sort of CGI computerized auto and the lady that are on the cabinet and the back glass and that'll also appear on the play field and stuff. Then you've got what look like real life photos of people um, from Oktoberfest that are also on the play field. And then you also have like cartoony, like really cartoony like images as well, drawn. You know, it's, it's almost like three different art styles that are competing and thrown together. And that doesn't work. You know, it just it doesn't feel cohesive. And it's like, it literally is just like, there are like, almost like vomiting three different types of styles and all this stuff and all this detail onto the play field. And it doesn't have a cohesiveness. Uh, you know, I'm looking right now at Christopher Franchi's Batman. You can look at Zombie Yeti or Dirty Donnie's work and all of the art that ends up on those guys' games, it all comes from the hand of one artist. This feels like some of this came from the artist who did Houdini, who also did like the art on the side of the game and, and the translate. Um, some of this feels like it's clip art that they bought. Some of this feels like other like images that they found on the internet right it feels like they sourced the stuff from three separate places and 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 that you know that might just be the case right they just might not have the money to have done it all like the way stern does it and pay one artist to do everything um, but it doesn't feel as cohesive as even houdini did and i think the art is it, it's really really uh difficult to to uh, make excuses if the art doesn't hit, right? Because art should be something that you just nail and you nail right, all right? Let's talk about the cabinet art. Um, the cabinet art is also very colorful. I applaud the color in the game, all right? I mean, I thought Houdini was dark and dreary and not fun to look at. I don't like the steampunk Houdini, but I really do like the color palette in Oktoberfest. I think it's much more cheerful, approachable, much more colorful. Um, you know, you've got Otto on one side and you've got the lady on the other side uh, and you've got the big Oktoberfest banner. I think it is a little strange that they are covering the Oktoberfest banner. I think, again, they should put Otto behind the banner with maybe the beer in his hand hanging over it, but I think it's layered wrong. And it, 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 he should not be covering the title of the game. And same with the woman on the other side. I think it would look better if they were maybe behind the banner. But again, it's because these, these are images that were done for, uh, you know, I guess this is these guys are primarily on the on the back box, but I mean, sorry, in the cabinets in in this pose, uh, but it just feels a little bit like strange that it covers the name. It just you just see like October, right, and then the other side Urfest, and I guess that's what they were going for, right? Is like you have half on one side, half on the other. Okay, well, it is what it is. You know, I do like the sort of like the wood. Uh, panel roof that matches the wood the, the brown armor on the game I, I you know it's fun seeing those two flipper buttons on the right side I don't like I absolutely don't like the American pinball logo where it is on the cabinet 
I think they need to remove that from the cabinet. It looks really distracting. They should probably put like a big rubber ducky there or something else, something fun. But the reason it just looks bad. There is no, um, you know, it. I don't know any other company that puts like JJP real. Imagine the JJP logo there or the big Stern logo there. It just feels off and it doesn't look good there. So I think they should just remove that. That actually should be something easy for them to remove by the time they ship the game. But I, I think it just looks completely out of place um, and they should they should scrap it. All right. All right. What else about the art? Um, let me read you what Ben Heck said about the art. Good old Ben Heck. He writes... A hand-drawn art package is easily obtained for $10,000. There is no excuse for a company with this much money behind it to release an art package this bad. All right, that's what Ben Heck said about the art. Um, kind of funny coming from Ben Heck, who was in charge of the art for America's Most Haunted, which is quite possibly the ugliest pinball machine of all time. Touche, Mr. Heck. Um, but to Ben's defense, they didn't have money the way American Pinball has money. So they, they, that's what I think he's hiding behind. But also Ben had some stuff to say about the LCD, but I'll, I'll talk about that later. All right, so let's go on to music. Um, the music in the game is another thing people are, are talking a lot about. Um, there is a lot of controversy, it seems, around the use of more of a rock and roll, sort of uh, heavy metal guitar, sort of inspired Oktoberfest soundtrack versus the traditional Oktoberfest music or the polka music that people are used to with Oktoberfest. And, you know, look, I, 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 I don't know how you win here because I feel like the traditional polka music would get really, really old really, really fast and be like headache inducing. Uh, but then the, uh, the rock and roll guitar stuff just feels like a little out of place for this like festival, right? This is because you're looking down at this like German festival, this world under glass that I think they hit. And then you get this more like a, you're, you're like a headbanger's ball. So I'm, uh, you know, I, I think it, I think it is a little off. And, and I'd be okay if that was part of the mode, but that seems to be like the, you know, the, the soundtrack for the game. Like when you plunge, like it's that, that is like what you're going to hear most of the time. Um, so w curious to see if they hear that feedback and make any changes to the music of the game. Uh, but that has a lot of people polarize and divide it. I don't mind it per se. I, I think the game sounds good. I, I, it, I you know, has kind of like that upbeat, energetic sound to it, which I think uh, you need in pinball. All right, all right. So the callouts. That's another thing people are like starting to nitpick at. Uh, it sounds like an Irish American guy trying to sound German, and he also sounds way younger than how Otto looks in the game. And with games like this, you know, when you do an original IP, or, you know, this is not original IP, but when you do a game that's really all about having fun and sense of humor and, like, sort of like this jolly journey through this pinball world, it's super, super important that you nail the callouts and the callouts are awesome and they're fun and they're hysterical because you, you're going to hear those for the rest of the, your life. You know, when a, a game is done with callouts, it's done with callouts. You know, callouts, I still believe callouts are the number one reason why dialed in failed to resonate with people. I think it had really sterile and boring callouts, and and that's why that game that was designed to be fun was kind of sterile and boring in a lot of ways because of the callouts. Now, look, um, this game is not finished. There there are probably a lot more callouts to come. I I you know look I 
yeah, I would have liked them to get a better voice actor to do this stuff. And that's just me. You know, I, I think if you're going to make a pinball game and you want a voice actor, get a good one. Because it is, I think it's, un, um, people underestimate the the importance of call-outs in pinball. And getting good call-outs can, I think, you know, make can take a game from being good to great. It can take an experience from being like okay to super hilarious, right? There's a lot of stuff that call-outs can accomplish. And I think investing in them is just something I'd like to see more of these companies do across the board. And I hate to see companies fall down on call-outs because they, they, could, they could just get it right, right? It feels like really hard to design a pinball machine and make the design fun. It seems really easy just to hire the right voice actors to make the call-outs awesome and really animate those call-outs, right? All right. Now, this is where we get to, I think, is shaping up to be the Achilles heel of American pinball. And that's the LCD and the animations in the game. And much like in Houdini, I, I, I really think this company needs to rethink what they do with the LCD. I, I think it looks very, very amateur hour. And you, ha- you cannot put an LCD in your game and try to do animations and have them end up this poor, right? I'll read what Ben Hex said first, and then I'll, I'll jump back into animations. Ben Hex said, the LCD is even worse. Looks like a shareware AOL game from 1996. Who looked at this and said, this is fine? Clearly, no one. And for the love of God, put some strokes or drop shadows on text. Your average graffiti artist knows better than this. Um, back, okay. So, look, lots of shade there about the animations. And I think across the board, when you watch this game being played, lots of fun stuff happening on the play field. But when you look up at the screen, it, I, I kind of feel, like, embarrassed for them. You know, like, this is really... We're back here again with this. And I, I want to give them some advice. And I think this would help them. And I think companies need to stop thinking that just because you have an LCD screen, that you have to have all this stuff going on on that screen to make the pinball experience fun. And you know, I, I was actually talking to a friend about, like, Magic Girl had a screen that was really cool and it was really beautiful and it, it fit really nicely other than being blocked by the entire center mechanism. But if you go back and look at Magic Girl videos, it's just the stylized artwork of Matt Andrews is all over um, the screen in static form, like this beautiful static artwork on the screen. And then the screen's used for just giving you the score or for, you know, broadcasting what mode you're in and what's happening with the game but it's not like really animated and that's okay it still looks beautiful and i think i think these companies are falling down thinking they need all this animation to happen and i think they should just not do animations unless they can do animations at the level they need to be to not be embarrassing in a pinball machine in 2018 because we're going to compare this to Jersey Jack animations and Stern animations and you know look how good Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle animations are they're phenomenal phenomenal animations in that game and then you look at this and it feels homebrew and you know I hate to say it but like I just think that American Pinball needs to look past Josh to do these animations and it's nothing personal Josh I mean look if this is your skill level 
with animations and what you can do, then maybe stick to coding and coming up with the concepts and all that stuff because I think you're good at that stuff. But if this isn't your strong suit, uh, then I think American Pinball needs to like move past um, this approach because I, I do think they need to sell games and they can't have elements of the game uh, be this concerning to potential buyers, all right? So, in summary, what do we think of Oktoberfest? Like, what, what do we think? And, and, you know, I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag for me. And it's a mixed bag, I think, for a lot of people out there. I think there's so much to like, and I think there's also so much not to like happening at the same time. You know, I, I think you look down at the machine and you love the layout. You love the, the mechanisms. You love the magnets. You love the roller coaster. It looks like a fun pin to shoot, right? Isn't that, what's, isn't that what matters is that it's a fun pin to shoot? But then you look down at the artwork and it's like not fun to look at because of how cluttered it is. And then you look at the LCD screen and it's not fun to look at because of how poor the animations are. I mean, whenever you hit a jackpot when you're in roller coaster multiball, like the animations for that roller coaster going across the track on the jackpot when, you know, it's like just a zoom in of the, of the car with like the green grass. It's just so bad. It's so, so it doesn't need to be that. Like they literally could just, they could just stay on the image of the roller coaster going up and down. Right. And then just put a fun jackpot and the score just go over that screen. We don't have to cut to this crappy animation. And I, you know, like the woman juggling the balls or like, you know, you know, throwing the, the, the rings around the bottles, like all those animations just look like they were piss poor and, and they were purchased on like a website for like 20 bucks. And I just think there's a better way to do it. You know, there's a better way to do it. All right. So that leads me to this like final conclusion that this feels like a really fun pin to shoot. It feels like a game that artistically I want redone in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and it feels like it's a hard game to say, after what I've seen, I want to buy it. Okay. And that is like something I just kept thinking about over the last 48 hours with all these new pinball machines coming out. We're always going to be excited when they pull the curtain off a new machine, right? It's really exciting when a company shows us their new game for the first time. And you know, that excitement, you know, leads us to, to, to want to play the thing, right? I can't wait to flip it. But, but with so many new games coming out, there is another achievement a company like American Pinball needs to do. They don't need to show you something you're curious to flip and something that looks fun. They need to show you something that you want to own. And that is where the, the hurdle still lies for companies like American Pinball, I feel. Do you want to own this game? Like, own it. Do you want to own those callouts? Do you want to own that artwork? Do you want to own this and have this be played over and over and over again in your home for like $7,500? Or do you want to just take 20 bucks and go play it and have fun and then go home and play pins that you really want to own. And that is where we are at in the pinball market. You can't have weak elements anymore. A pinball machine is only going to sell um, and it's only going to succeed uh, based on you know the sum of its parts. And if you have a weak link, 
that is like a glaringly weak link, like the animations on the LCD or like the overcrowded art on the playfield. Like if it's really, really, really like kind of rubbing people the wrong way, you're going to have a hard time selling. We know that when we see the monsters, the art package is going to be amazing. Stern knows that there's nothing visually that will turn you off from any of their new games ever. Like, they just won't. Like, they will always make your... They will always have sex with your eyes with Stern Pinball Machines. You might not get the designs and the mechs you want, but they will be beautiful. They will be beautiful. And I think it's hard to say you can look down at Oktoberfest and say, it's beautiful. But here's the thing. I think it's there. I do. I really think a beautiful game is sitting right in front of us, and they just need to take another swing at the artwork. I think they should take a page from Jersey Jack Pinball, who showed us the Hobbit artwork. Remember what happened? They got a lot of criticism and constructive feedback on how to make it better. And they went back and they redid the entire Playfield artwork. And it looks so much better. It looks so much better. Of course, then they made people wait two years and that, couldn't, that didn't help. But anyway, I think American Pinball should do this. Now, here's the problem I said uh, a couple podcasts ago. Now, because they want to ship in December, do they have time to do that? And I think the answer is yes. We saw Christopher Franchi, what he did in two weeks uh, to save Batman 66. So I think within like the next six weeks before they go into production, American Pinball should spend all of their efforts addressing the animations and the playfield artwork of this game because I think there's a winning game there if they can get those things uh, in line, okay? And I think that's a fair assessment of the game. I don't think it's negative. I, I'm not taking personal shots. You know, I, I, I think I think Joe Balser's design just deserves better, better art and doesn't need to be overcrowded with too much going on, all right? All right. God, guys, that was like half hour of Oktoberfest. That's like, you've never heard me talk about Oktoberfest for a half hour, but the game is out. And I also just want to say this, in closing, I want to say congratulations to everyone at American Pinball for achieving this. We all know making pinball is not easy. We all know that designing a pinball game in secrecy is also not easy. And I want to say to everyone who worked on this game, give yourselves a pat on the back. Like you did what most of the boutique companies could never do. And you're still around and you're still making pinball. Uh, But if you're going to succeed, there's still work to be done, right? And you guys know that. And this is a sophomore effort. And you're going to keep getting better. Uh, and I think you're getting good feedback, and each game's going to get better. Okay? All right. Let's go on to a game that doesn't need to get better because it's one of the best games of all time, and it just got even better, and that is Monster Bash Remake. So we finally saw Monster Bash Remake. You know, it's a little, like, underwhelming in the sense of, you know, Houdin- you know sorry, uh, uh, Oktoberfest is all new. And so we kind of already knew that Monster Bash Remake would be, guess what, Monster Bash, (laughs) which we've seen for 20 years. But even knowing that, even knowing that, I want to say that Chicago Gaming Company has blown this out of the park. Blown or not knocked it out of the fucking park. This game is amazing. And I don't own a Monster Bash. Uh, I feel like this game, if you do not own a Monster Bash, will make you want to go get a Monster Bash. I have heard from people at the floor who have seen this with the full RGB LED lighting, with the the display. 
let's go down the list of everything you get with the LE. You get the topper. Yep, not as cool as the Attack from Mars LE topper, but still okay, fine. We've we we we've made this this company all about toppers. They're more than that. Um, you get the front molding, which they it's a weird thing they call it that, but you get this stunning electric blue metallic front molding adorned with a one of a kind photo engraved stainless steel piece of artwork that was created just for the Monster Bash Remake Limited Edition. Um, here's the thing: I haven't seen this in person. Out of all this stuff, I love everything they've done. I don't like this plaque. I, I don't. I, I think it's too big, and it takes up too much room on that apron, and it just looks a little strange to me. That's the only thing I don't like. Okay, then we get to all the stuff I love. You've got the interactive RGB uh, illumination. You've got the improved playfield monsters that look awesome. You've got the LED lit poppers. You've got the LED lit moving targets. You've got the plasma disc. You've got the LED drag coffin. You got the premium enhanced sound system, and then you get to what I think is a, a stand-up and just clap your hands ovation for the dots that they did in this game. And I think the takeaway for me is this. It just goes to show you don't need these ginormous LCD animations. You can just do really awesome dots like this, and it looks awesome. Like, it fits in pinball. It feels like, to me, the perfect balance between retro pinball and, and modern tech working together to still feel like an awesome pinball experience. Okay, Now, they, they put up on the website the old dots on the left side and then the new dots, and it is, without a doubt, a work of art, what they've done to this game, okay? And so, that being said, we have a little bit more details on Monster Bash Remake. We don't know all the details. We know that there's going to be 1,250 LEs, so there's going to be 250 more than they did for uh, Attack from Mars and, and Medieval Madness, uh, and the LE gets the topper and the blue armor, and then the, 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 the there's like, what is this called? The Special Edition gets the stainless steel, and it looks like the... Classic edition also. The the big difference between the classic and the and the special is the classic just has the old orange dots. If you must have your monster bash exactly the way it was in, in you know in the mid nineties, or the special edition has the uh, the the nicer display. Uh, very very nice packages here. Uh, not going to be hard to get one. You don't have to have a fear of missing out on these LEs, which is you know at first I was like, well these guys like well don't they want to sell out and just keep it like an exclusive thing. And, and I guess that's not what they want to do. They just want to get as many monster bashes into homes and into arcades as they can. They're not, they don't get, they don't care about probably the resale on the LE or selling out of the LE and disappointing people who want it, the LE. If you want an LE of monster bash, the good news is you'll be able to get one with no drama, no fanfare. Kaneda can't flip one on you. You're going to be able to get one. And I think that is what they want to do. And who am I to complain? that a company actually wants you to have the game you want in the trim you want without all of the BS drama. And I think it also shows that, you know, pinball really shouldn't be like a collectible. It should just be a game that you play because you have fun. Now, that being said, I do think there should be games that are designed as collector's items. But, a tw you know, 1250 12 you know, is not a collector item. Neither is a 1000 you know, Pirates of the Caribbean LE. It's just not. None of those games are collector's items. A game's only, to me, a collectible if there's only like 20 in the world, and that's it. Or 50 in the world, and that's it. Or 8 in the world, and that's it. All right? So kudos 
to Chicago Gaming Company. They've added another game for you to be able to buy that creates an even more dilemma for those of you out there who are trying to figure out what to buy, okay? Okay, what else is going on this week during Expo? So, let me ask a question. Because you see Monster Bash Remake, and maybe you want one, but maybe your money is locked in with Spook and you gave Charlie $1,000 for, for, for Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Alice Cooper, I, I believe it's at the show. I've been hearing from people. Uh, you know, it is what it is. We're, people are still waiting for the game to be made. And there hasn't been a ton of communication between Charlie and, and his buyers on exactly when their games are going to get to them. And so, but here's my thing. Here's my question for Chuck and spooky people. So you took $1,000 from people and you gave them a time frame, right, by which the games would start to be manufactured. But what if Chuck missed that time frame? What if the delays pushed that back a few months? And those people now want their money back because they wanted a game, you know, by maybe Halloween or they, they were at the front of the line or they needed a game by here or there. Will Chuck give you your $1,000 back if the company, you know, had delays they, they couldn't foresee and, you know, sort of broke the verbal contract they had with the people who put their deposit down? I don't know. Do you want your $1,000 back so you can go buy a Monster Bash? It's kind of crazy. You can get them. I heard the Monster Bash, like the regular, the classic edition, is like $5,995. The fact that it's that cheap is incredible. The fact that it's, that is $1,500 cheaper than that Mafia game from those pin, the pinball people, the pinball company. The I mean, seriously, I, you know, I was going to send Jack Danger a joke. I didn't want to do this because it was kind of mean, but Jack Danger uploaded a picture of them unboxing uh, the Mafia game. And I wanted to write on Facebook, this is the only time you're ever going to see this game unboxed ever. And I didn't because it was kind of mean, even though I just said it on my podcast. But no, I mean, come on, that game has no place in the market. There's no place for it. No one's going to buy it at that price when you can go get a Monster Bash you know, the like the premium Monster Bash edition, where you can go get like Oktoberfest. Look, look at Oktoberfest is the same price as the Mafia. Look at everything that's in it. There's just no way, Jose, will that game sell to anybody. All right. Unless that person might be blind or something. I don't know. All right. Let's go down. Stern. Some news from Stern this week. Um, Stern released code for Batman 66 and for Deadpool. We're at the, we're nearing the end of Batman, people. It's 0.98. There's really not much left in Batman. I think if you have a Batman now, I think you can feel pretty good that you've got the game the way it's going to be for a very long time. Um, of course, Lyman will polish it. Uh, there's still stuff missing that I think people want. I mean, I, I want there to be more use of the Penguin Crane. I, I really wish that they would let you know how many gadgets you have. I wish when you got a gadget, like it popped up on the bottom of the screen and you could just see, you know, because you've got all those cool like images for the bat gadgets, but when you collect a gadget, it just doesn't tell you which one you have. And, uh, you know, I think that could have been in, like an icon on the screen. Um, they made Bookworm easier to beat. Uh, but otherwise, like this game's coming to the end and it's a phenomenal game and I think people are enjoying it. Uh, but I think, you know, now that it's like nearing the end, you'll probably start to see some of the LEs and maybe super LEs start to go up for sale because I think people might 
feel like it's been fun, but I'm, I've sort of seen everything I'm going to see here. Uh, I just wish they would get more of the call-outs from Adam West and Burt Ward in there, too, as it seems like they recorded a lot more. All right, what else happened at Stern? We saw the Star Wars topper. After all these years, we saw the toppers for Star Wars and Iron Maiden, and it's like R2-D2 sitting on this really boring like white base, uh, and everyone kind of looked at it like it took almost like what like a year and a half to get that approved like what uh it looks pretty basic uh you know i think that is not going to be the base I, I i think there has to be something that that goes inside of or on or on top of where it looks more like he's on an x-wing fighter you know that just looks terrible with that base the way it is um, the Iron Maiden topper is cool. It's like head-on of Eddie in the airplane. I think there's going to be two toppers for Maiden. There's going to be an LE one, which will be that one, and there'll be a Pharaoh one that'll be available as well. But I think the Pharaoh one is out already. I'm not sure about that. Um, anything else going on at Stern? John Borg fucked up during the Stern tour and said Monsters is next and will be out in mid-November. Will be revealed then. So that's fun. I always love it when we do a Stern factory tour and they let something slip, um, which kind of means that my Elvira 3 prediction is not accurate. Uh, but Munsters will be next and then probably Beatles as well this year. And then there's a third game Stern is coming out with. I believe the third game Stern is coming out with this year before the year is over will be Primus. And I know we saw Jeremy Packer talk about a pinball, or, or Primus did, or it was either Primus or Packer, Zombietti talked about working on something and it was Primus artwork for pinball. So that has let that cat out of the bag. Um, I, 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 I literally have no desire to own a Primus pinball machine uh, on any level. So, but if you're a fan of Primus, cool. You're going to be excited because that's coming. All right, what else is going on real quick? Um, I want to say th congratulations for doing one of the greatest moves ever, and that's to Jerry um, at P3 Multimorphic for finally changing the artwork on Lexi Lightspeed and uh, the other games. He ha is now offering new art packages, and they look awesome. They do. The new Lexi Lightspeed art looks great. It is so much better than the existing Lexi Lightspeed art. And I think that has always been one of the most annoying, easily fixable things that has, I think, plagued people's desire to sort of have that thing in the game room because of how damn ugly the original Lexi Lightspeed artwork was. Now it looks super cool. Um, will that help drive sales? I don't know, right? There's a lot going on in a P3 platform that you need to want to own. It's $10,000. It's very expensive. Um, but, you know, look, if you want something different, at least now you'll have something different with nice art. And, and, and I just want to congratulate them on doing that. I think it was long overdue. And I think there's another game that needs, you know, a little art overhaul. And that's Oktoberfest. Um, all right. What else is going on? I think we're getting towards the end. You know, Jersey Jack and Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, you know, I've just heard from friends at the show that, you know, the hype around Pirates is probably at the, you know, there is like no hype anymore. And it doesn't mean, look, it doesn't mean you don't think the game is great. It doesn't mean you don't think the game is fun. But man, what a missed opportunity. What a missed opportunity for Jack to have shown the game so early. And now that it's finally going into production, you know, other games are getting the spotlight. Other games feel new. Other games are stealing, you know, the limelight. And, and, and that 
is all on Jack. It is all on Jack. Now, here's the thing. I know Jack's next titles, and, and a lot of people do, because Jack has told many people, and I've heard these from many people, and you've heard these titles. This is not new. But I'm here to tell you today, here is the order of Jersey Jack pinball machines, unless they change it, but here is the order as of today that you should expect to see in terms of the next JJP games. The next game will be Toy Story from Pat Lawler. Jack knows lots of people are just waiting for Lawler's next game. Toy Story it is. Amazing theme. Can't wait. After that, Guns N' Roses. Slash is working on it with them. Amazing. And then Wonka. And that's a, that's a stellar you know, lineup coming if they can get there. It's always an if they can get there. You know, I was talking to someone in the industry. I won't name names. Um, they work at another pinball company. And they basically said, you know, Jack just hasn't figured it out by now. And it's really a shame. But it's really at the point now where his entire company, all it is, is a billionaire that is just playing with someone else's toys. And it's just a matter of time when he gets tired of losing money on those toys. And those toys aren't lighting the world on fire like he thought they would. And, you know, that's it. You know, that billionaire can snap his fingers tomorrow and Jersey Jack Pinball is out of business. Completely out of business. Nobody would buy them up. Nobody can afford to buy them up. You know, you know, Stern wouldn't buy them up. And, you know, Jack really hasn't made money on these games. And, and it's, it's a shame. You know, I hope we get to those titles. I do. I hope the billionaire has, has you know, luckily everyone who's got that much money has made a lot more money in the market and in other areas of, of the world financially that he could probably absorb the pinball loss. But what makes people billionaires is the fact that they don't like losing money. They don't like being lied to. They don't like failing, right? They don't like failing, you know. If Pirates of the Caribbean doesn't sell like two to three thousand units, like it's a failure. Same thing with like The Hobbit and Dialed In. The games, if they don't sell enough, they're failures. They're, you know, they need to sell a certain number to make money for the company, to justify all the costs, to justify that warehouse, to keep the employees paid. You know, all that stuff costs money. It all costs money. Okay. All right, there is more news coming from Expo, which means there will probably be more shows from me every other day now or every day now. Um, curious to see what the Deep Root panel is. I think we're done with reveals, though. I don't think there's any new reveals happening. I think everyone got out early in front of the show with their reveals so their games could be on the floor for people to play and talk about. Here's what I hope doesn't happen. I hope the conversation around... Oktoberfest doesn't get too nasty because I, you know, the pinball community and the more the pin side community has a tendency to, to going from loving a game one day, sleep on it, wake up and completely tear the fucking game apart. I mean, it, it is like a pin side phenomenon, um, mainly because the people on there are, are addicted to the site and when you're on that site all day long you have a tendency to become more negative and when you say something negative it gets a reaction it's a, it's a, it's a never-ending cycle there of contempt all right so just let's see what they do they got some very good feedback from a lot of people you know who you are a lot of pinsiders gave them good feedback people at the show are probably probably giving them good feedback i hope to talk to their marketing director 
uh, hopefully this week. And we will share also some of this feedback and see what's feasible and see what's possible. And also talk about the future of American Pinball and what is next for the company. All right. Everyone, have a great day. Enjoy your Friday. Drive safe. Eat pretzels and beer and play pinball with one hand thanks to Oktoberfest. We'll talk to you real soon. Chicago. Chicago.